Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, March 31st, 2022, final day of March. Regular season contests start one week from today. Should be a magical, memorable day. Fantasy savant Tristan is here. Kyle Sapi produces. And I'm merely Eric Carabell, and I am comfortably numb. On today's show, the latest news, including prospects who did and did not make their clubs. Starting pitcher preview, Tristan's 20. That's either the players he likes or the weighty clip this winter. Who knows? And of course, your mighty hash browns. Get them in while you can. Tristan, how are you this fine day? <laughs> You're making me want to sing. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. As long as it's not putting on the 20 pounds from way too many hash browns, it's all good. Hidden oh, innuendo gosh. in your headlines, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Let's get right to it. We've got news, and I think the biggest news so far this week would have to be the prospects, one who made the team and one who did not. Hunter Green is going to start game four for the Reds. He throws 100 miles per hour frequently, but he may just be a fill-in for Luis Castillo and Mike Miner, who are out with shoulder problems, whereas O'Neill Cruz, the future Pittsburgh shortstop slash right fielder slash cleanup hitter, was demoted to AAA. Not surprising. Pittsburgh's not trying to win. But neither is Cincinnati. So I'm confused. Why would Hunter Green make it unless he's just a fill-in for a couple of weeks? So I want to go all in on this Hunter Green news, but I'm 50-50. Where do you stand? I might be a little more optimistic than 50-50, but I don't think your number is ill-advised. There, there's a numbers game that's going to happen when Castillo and Miner get back. And yeah, you could move Raver San Martin back. Or you could bump. Vladimir Gutierrez out. I'm a little surprised that Tony Santillan didn't make the Reds rotation bumping one of these two guys. But I mean, as it looks right now, the numbers game says the green's the four. Nick Latolo, another good prospect, might be the five. And the two of them then could be duking it out with one another. And that actually presents as much of an obstacle for green. The two of them are going to have to both pitch it at a high level in order to stick in their rotation. And that's before the point that those two veteran names come back. It's it's a very unusual move. I like it, but it's unusual. If we assume that Tyler Molle and Luis Castillo are the top two starters for the Reds, and perhaps in that order now, I have moved Castillo way, way down in my rankings. Who's number three for fantasy for 2022? Is it green for you or Lodolo? If you have one pick left in an ESPN standard league draft, points or Roto, whichever one you like, are you taking green or Lodolo? I am going to take green because of the high velocity. I think there is the ability to fill the strikeout column, and I think he's going to be difficult for hitters to pick up initially. So there might be a, a nice early uh, early stage where he's contributing a good amount of fantasy value, and, and I think that separates him. O'Neill Cruz was demoted. No surprise there. He barely played above AA, uh, but he is a member of your Tristan's 20. Uh, good job losing that weight. And I'm wondering if if you knew that he was demoted, would you still have written him into your Tristan's 20? Yes, and I, I alluded to the possibility slash probability in my first draft of this before it happened, and then he did get demoted ultimately on the day that it, we published it. Uh, I, I like the player. I think that he could very well rank among the earliest call-ups for the season. The main reason why it makes even just a shred of sense for the Pirates is that they have designs on him trying the outfield. I. I feel like they they look at him as their left fielder, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He should really be their shortstop. I know defensively he might have a little bit of questions, but I think he's going to be up pretty quickly. I think he is going to hit well in the high levels in the minors, and he's going to get maybe an early May call up. And his power is legit. We saw it in spring training. 
So you're drafting today in an ESPN standard rotor of points. And for pit hitters, it's a big difference. I don't think O'Neill Cruz is a big walker, but we have presumed Brian Reynolds is the top pirate. Um, and I wrote glowing things about Cabrian Hayes that nobody read, but I'm wondering about, would you take O'Neill Cruz as your, as a bench guy in an ESPN standard, assuming he's up maybe in a month? In, in an ESPN standard? No, I probably would not. Um, I would pick him up if he does get up to that hot start in the minors. It's four bench spots in a mixed 10 team league context. I really can't make the case, but I've done NL onlys. I've done leagues that have six, seven bench. And yes, I would take my chances there. It's anything that goes beyond our standard where you have the space to do it. Uh, what else in the news this week uh, intrigues you in any way? I saw say a Suzuki homer on Wednesday. Uh, that was his first hit, but he clearly has power. Um, the Michael Conforto news who I've pretty yeah. much dropped out of draft range. He's not going to sign anytime soon. I don't think, and I don't think he's going to play in the first two months of the season. Um, my big sleeper, Jorge Mateo homered. I mentioned him in the bold predictions. Um, some pitchers just got lit up. Mike Clevenger. Um, nobody was drafting Kate Cavalli of Washington, but St. Louis scored 29 runs. You don't want to have any, you don't want to have any Washington pitchers at all this year. I don't think, yeah. um, your thoughts on the news of this week so far. Is it Cavalli and Anibal Sanchez both give up 10, run, 10 runs each? I think. In that case. Is that Anibal or Aaron Sanchez? Let me look. I think it was Anibal Sanchez. Yeah, they, they have them both, right? They have both of them. And I think they're both on non roster invitee contracts. And yeah, that, that rotation's not going to be so good. Uh, Conforto quickly on him. Uh, we, we might see him sign. I. But that that news that the shoulder was what held him back from ultimately signing, that's weird that he wanted to wait to show teams he was healthy. Okay, that's unusual. Uh, I think we both made the proper corrections to him in the rankings. My big one was the C.J. Abrams hint. There's Mm -hmm. two National League West teams in particular that I think the way the lineups get constructed on opening day has some relevance, the Padres and the Giants. The fact that C.J. Abrams is still in camp and they actually have an open roster spot where the alternative is to take a player from another organization by trade or signing leads some intrigue for what San Diego could do. And then the Giants dealing with the injuries, Evan Longoria being out, Lamont Wade being out, they're probably not going to be ready on opening day. There could be some daily league ESPN players to exploit there because we know the Giants do a lot in terms of the mixing and matching. Darren Ruff, 25 home runs. Book it. He's, isn't he more interesting than you think? People do not give Darren Ruff credit. Dude, I, I didn't care about the Longoria injury. Darren Ruff was hitting 25 home runs anyway. Uh, he's yeah, good. Yeah, the same position. Wilmer I mean, Flores. Is Wilmer Flores wasn't blocking him. I mean, they have a DH now. That's where Ruff is best, uh, you know, applied. I, I think, th- I mean, you know, in an ESPN standard, of course not. But, like, I play in deeper leagues, ALNL. So do you. I have a, a ton of deep leagues. Too many. I have sim leagues. Darren Ruff had a great season in 2021. All right, yep. we're wasting time now. I think C.J. Abrams could be a monster in fantasy if he's up in May. And the, the shortstop situation for San Diego is wide open right now. I, I you know, they they announced Jake Cronenworth, Jake Cronenworth will stay at second base. That's interesting. That yep. means Hayson Kim, Profar. I think we could see Abrams sooner than later. Like he, what he if made, he's there? What if he's on the opening day roster? You know what? what? San Diego should do that. You're trying to win now. Don't worry about 2029 and who you have control over. Mm -hmm. This is ridiculous. Pittsburgh too. Like just sign O'Neill Cruz to a long-term contract. You know, he's going to be good. Well, you know, or maybe Scott Kingery, but the point is like, I, 
Pittsburgh's obviously in a different situation than San Diego, but um, CJ Abrams, I would love to see him leading off and playing shortstop for San Diego this season. Yeah. We are at that stage of spring training. And we said on the, on the show on Monday that these next three days, which we've now had in our rear view are going to have some key prospect notes. And Abrams is following the Fernando Tatis junior track. The Padres did not look like they were going to have him start the year in the majors. He didn't look all that close. And suddenly he was on the opening day roster right around the stage in advance of opening day. One week before Tatis was making waves. Maybe that's what Abrams is. It's and, and maybe he makes that level of impact. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. You have Mike Clevenger as your number 77 starting pitcher. Um, he did not pitch well yesterday. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. That just seems like an odd ranking to me. I, I probably have him ranked like 50, but I should check and make sure I don't want to, you know, say that, but like, what are you, are you concerned with volume or performance? More of the volume. Some of the performance didn't look so good in that initial outing. Not shocked by that. They you don't say care that about spring training pitching. Do you? I, have, I, have I do for that. I do for that because the spring training pitching shows the level of durability. Well, not durability. It's the, the workload level he's going to reach by opening day. So he's not going to be at full strength to begin the season. The Padres are talking about doing the piggybacking situation more than most any other team for a reason, and that's what it is. They have six guys they could put in that rotation. And I don't know whether the command comes back right away. It certainly wasn't there in that game. So what if you can't use him in April? He's on your active roster. It's not like you can put him on your injured list spot, which would be the great place for me to put him for a, a favorable ranking. And what's he give you, 140 innings? What's your top tier for starting pitchers this season? Uh, that was, hmm. so Otani's your number one overall player, yeah. right? Yeah. But that, and he wouldn't even be a top tier pitcher for me. It's Cole for sure. I'm trying to remember who else. I would have Scherzer in there. So you would. So Cole Bueller, Burns, Woodruff, Scherzer, DeGrom is your top seven after Otani. So is that a tier in itself? I draw the line on Bueller. I want to put DeGrom up there. I'm DeGrom either belongs in the first if you're confident that he's staying healthy. I have enough concerns about injuries that I just can't put him there. So he's kind of his own single guy in a tier two. And then after that, you get the Robbie Ray, Shane Bieber, Aaron Nola, Arias, Giolito. And then that's about where I draw the line on that one. Okay. Um, oh yeah. I see your rankings are different when I search. And Otani, Otani probably belongs at the end of that second group as a pitcher exclusively. Who starts more this season, Odani, Otani or DeGrom at pitcher? Ooh, great question. Um, I, so I, I guess a, I'll say DeGrom. I have a few skills left, not many. Uh, DeGrom, by the way, he could walk after this season. I didn't okay. realize until I read Jeff Passan's article that like DeGrom could be traded in July. Like, well, yeah, I guess. If they're if out he, of it and he refuses to sign a long-term deal, I, I find that unlikely. But, I mean, I hadn't even thought about the fact that maybe DeGrom just betting on himself. You know, 33 starts, ERA of 1.08. That'd be the greatest season in fantasy history for a pitcher. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the absurd because it's going to get asked. If it's effectively a walk year, does it matter? As a guy like yeah, that he's, he's going he's gonna to push himself. Right, exactly. Like, And if you notice... He pitched through some clear injuries for a good chunk of last year. What if he does it again? I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how many starts he makes. I think it's one of the stories of the year. I, I don't mm -hmm. know. And I'm very interested. But yeah. I, I think I may move him up in the rankings a little bit. 
maybe Trout too. Was it 13? I'm trying yeah, to be optimistic about some of these injury guys. I moved Tatis up in my rankings today, Trout a little bit. I just, if push came to shove, I, I couldn't take Trout over Freddie Freeman. Anyway, pitchers. Um, all right, so my first pitcher in our mock draft on Wednesday, which was a roto, not a points, was Sandy Alcantara, which is not preferred. So I ask you, who is the lowest-ranked pitcher you'd consider building a staff around, or your first starting pitcher? The lowest-ranked? Oh, yeah. yeah you got that, Alcantara 14 among your starting pitchers. I, I wrote this somewhere, but Frankie Montas is the last one I would regard as my one. And if I did it, I'd need to be loading up on another guy in that tier. I'd need to be getting like Montas and Peralta, maybe Montas and Cease, Trying to think if there's another I'd put in that. Max Freed was one I got in that mock. That probably those two, but I, more likely I'd be uh, Giolito is about where I'm stopping for for my draft purposes for the most part. Lucas Giolito. So we presume that at some point Oakland is trying is going to move Frankie Montas, perhaps Shamanaya, perhaps everybody not nailed down. I'm just curious, like you're not concerned about Montas leaving Oakland and that big ballpark fly ball pitcher? Not really. I mean, going from Oakland to, say, Yankee Stadium would be a little bit of a, an abrupt uh, park factor change. But remember, this is a guy who's based off the splitter. So that helps minimize the hard contact, keep ground balls down a little bit more than the average pitcher. I think that's going to help in terms of neutralizing the park effect. I'm seeing Robbie Ray go considerably higher in both Roto and points leagues than where we rank him. Is that because of what he did last year? They remember the Cy Young, the strikeouts and all that. Can he actually do that again? Could. I think he's got some ERA to give back. A um, little bit fortunate, but yet very consistent over the six months. A mm, little bit of a rough patch around the Labor Day range, but I, I, I think people are underrating. In points, by the way, I have been asked about that. I've got him in the second round, and I'm seeing him go in the second round, and I think that based on the projection, he grades in that second round. I think Ray's getting the proper credit in those formats. Roto, not so much. Uh, Logan Webb, you have him 23 at starting pitcher. I am like 15. What are you, what are you seeing that I'm not volume? What's what, what, what volume concerns do you have on Logan Webb? Giants, giants strategize. That's all it is. You giants think they're going to, they're going to giants are light rays. You think so? 30 starts is the tops. No, it's, it's more that Logan Webb is not going to be that big time seven point something average innings per start pitcher. And when you're looking at a guy who's probably going to be averaging in that six range and more likely under it, there's a difference between those in the fantasy point scoring. And it's, it's really as simple as that. I actually really love uh, Webb for Roto. Old guys, Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Adam Wainwright. I started, I, I have Castillo and Sale on a keeper league team. And obviously, they're not pitching in April anytime soon. I drafted Wainwright and Morton. I feel good about it. It's not, I mean, I'm not going to keep them. It's not a deep keeper. But, I mean, I got Morton in my top 20. I've got Verlander and Wainwright just missing. Kershaw just missing. Can you trust these old guys? Who, who do you trust the most out of these old guys? I probably trust Morton the most. Reports on him are very good this spring. I've watched two of Verlander's outings during the spring. Looks pretty close to the Verlander of old. So he's close in that 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 battle. Wainwright seems like the old reliable. I'm not racing to draft him, but I'm certainly not avoiding him. I'd be very happy to have him as a probably a three starter on my team. I mean, why can't he do that again? Like I, I, I see everybody saying, well, he's old. All right, well, we're old. Like, why can't Adam Wainwright do what he did last season again? Or Kershaw with, you know, 25 starts. Or I have Scherzer running the NL Cy Young. Like, I think it's going to be a year of older pitchers. 
so I think I also picture as her face. <laughs> oh man, we're on the same page there. Um, so I will give you the paradox for Adam Wainwright. He just can't do it. So therefore, when he hears me say, I just can't do it, he's going to do it. Like he's a guy who's motivated by the naysayers. And I love that. He's a fun baseball player and he's got the skills to come very close. It's just that the natural regression that usually hits a pitcher off a year like that probably takes him down 10 spots in the, but you and I talked about this. I where, where did I say he was in the player Raider? He was, he was borderline, if not in the top 10 starter. I think he was a top 10 starting pitcher last year. I'm not saying he's going to do that again, but he did it last year. Why can't he do something like that again? It, the best case scenarios are that it's not completely inconceivable. He does it, but the smart price to pay is 30 ish, 30. I saw, I saw a website that had him projected for the most innings pitched this year. And I thought, I could Good see you, I could see that yeah. Cardinals yeah. aren't scared of letting him go. It might be his last season. He and Yachty, but so what he Yachty. Interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting potential last hurrah season for three major Cardinals names. Absolutely. And Yachty, I got Wainwright and Pujols. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So the Phillies in the first week of the season, their starting rotation is going to be like Nola and then a bunch of guys going three innings. Um, Gibson because will get lit, but then Wheeler and Ranger Suarez are going to be held back for like three inning outings. They haven't even started yet in the spring, but this is happening all around baseball. I think people are going to be disappointed in fantasy for the first week or two of the season, especially in our game where the first week is a 10 day scoring period or an 11 day scoring period. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I, we could do this next week, I suppose, but like, can you start Zach Wheeler in the first scoring period in ESPN fantasy? <laughs> Not based on what Joe Girardi was saying about him yesterday, because he made it allude to he'd get a minor league rehab start. He's he's throwing the quote was he's throwing quote somewhere on opening day. Not yeah, gonna be for the Phillies. It's not going to be for the Phillies, and, and it's not just the Phillies. I mean, I follow them the closest, but like, there's a bunch of starting pitchers around here, like that are either have either been bad so far in the spring to the point where something might be wrong with them, mm-hmm. um, whether they're coming back from injury or whatever. Um, you know, you mentioned it's going to be not pretty in that 11 day period and maybe even longer than that. To I mean, your point, Tampa Bay might only hold all their starters to like 80, 80 pitches the first week or something like that. And the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth. You know, you, you may be right. <laughs> I may be crazy. I mean, I'm just like, right. I mean, Jack Flaherty, I don't even know when we're seeing him. Um, I might just Baz, be the lunatic you're looking for, though. I love it. I, I, you, you, you get me. You, you, you get me. Keep in touch. Um, all right. What other starting pitcher things do we need to deal with here? Um, a sleeper. Let's get to some like mid-range and then deeper range sleepers. Um, so I guess for this exercise, it would have to be outside the top 50, 60 starting pitchers. Like somebody oh, outside top 50. Yeah. Outside top. So I'm looking at your top 50. And I, first of all, I love these Clefania, the Giants. I love Wainwright. How can you have Wainwright 54 among starting pitchers? I have like 30. Stroman I like. Bailey Obert. John Snow of Texas, John Gray. <laughs> um, so, so Wainwright, just to give you the quick thing, is the, the higher K rates for guys who generally fall in this range when you can load them up in the daily transactions leagues, it deflates Wainwright's value a little bit. That's yeah, I know simple. what you're saying, but I don't care, man. Like I, He's not a sixth starter. I, I I like doing the homework. That's you know that I'm obsessive well, about. You this win stuff. the leagues. I finish second. Joe Ryan in Minnesota. You have him 69. I probably have him 40. I'm all in. I'm all in on Joe Ryan. What are you not seeing in Joe Ryan, man? Volume, just... points, leagues, volume. What do you mean volume? More. He's going to start 32 times. Mm, You're saying they're going to pull sure him out of games that. in the fifth inning? 
a young guy like that, I'm not sure he's going third. Oh, they're trying to win. Look at the moves they made. And and that's not a that's the but they signed th- the great Chris Archer to block him. <laughs> the way he throws, they're 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 all in. You're wrong about Joe Ryan. He he's he's throwing like a lot Joe of things. You don't. I like Bailey Ober better than if I like you Joe like Ryan. Joe Ryan, you wouldn't rank him 69 among starting pitchers behind Marco Gonzalez of all people. Or come on, that's Alex Gonzalez. Will have more innings. All right, well, not good innings. You wait. You can't, you're, you're Mr. Marco Gonzalez. You yeah, love Marco I, Gonzalez. This is a fundamental point of your rankings. Don't tell me you like Joe Ryan. You rank him 69th amongst. You rank him next to Andrew Heaney, who's horrible. So Joe Ryan, you, you don't like him. I like him. For a guy who's got the experience level he does, 69 among starting pitchers? That's terrible. That's not even right. That's not even worth drafting in an ESPN league. Well, it's it's definitely worth drafting in the ESPN league if you look at the closers. You've got to put nine starting pitchers or nine pitchers onto your onto your roster. So six ninth would be six point nine starters per team. That's so conceivable. Borderline draft. Uh, I don't know. I, I rank him better than you. He's in the top two hundred. All right. Uh, well, so I've named my uh, Patrick Sandoval. I think we both agree somewhat of a sleeper. Yep. At the end, you don't rank him very well. Eighty two. I'm, I'm sure I do better. Um, is Strasburg <laughs> a sleeper? Could we make the case that Strasburg is Kershaw? Twenty five starts, but they'll be good. Or is that ridiculous? I I see where you're going there, but I think that the floor presented by the injuries is much lower than that. And I don't think it's as present with Kershaw. He's shown the ability to bounce back a little bit more quickly from the injuries than Strasburg has. I'm afraid Strasburg has one wrong turn. First of all, he might not even be ready till May. And then if he comes back in and start one, he's hurt. He gives you one start. It's the Justin Verlander 2020. You think he's, it's it's that bad if things go wrong with them on the injury front they go south pretty quick that's been the history with him i'm afraid that you lose him for a huge chunk of the year if there's a setback um drew rasmussen sleeper i'm gonna say no i think he's too known too known i don't think he repeats what he did last year he was a lot of Good fortune on batted balls, not non-elite skills, good skills, but non-elite. I think there's some regression due there. Okay. Um, any other sleepers you would like to mention? Or or I guess you can't we can't do bust because if if you rank them well, they're not a bust. <laughs> so like so, so the, the the fellow Tristan, Tristan McKenzie, love his raw stuff, much okay. better control down the stretch last season. Uh Tanner Hauck was one I've mentioned before. Eliza Hernandez, I'm still a believer. I, I I think the Marlins, the way that they do pitching, it's a good organization. They've built a lot of young pitching depth. I know they've considered trading him or another one of their starters, but if they just gave him that one extra pitch to counter lefties, I think he could be in the ballpark of some of those other, you know, now elite starters that they have. And I want to get on board before that happens. All right. Fair enough. Um I guess we shouldn't do deeper, deeper sleepers because in ESPN leagues, there's no point. All right, Jesus Lazaro. We could what, do super deep. What Good more part. do you need to see from Jesus Lazaro this spring to move him from your number 116 starting pitcher to 75? Um, A time machine to go back and erase how terrible last year was. But it's all about last year? It was so, so bad. Where was Andrew Heaney, dude? And you haven't ranked 69. He was considerably worse than Andrew Heaney. And that's saying he was awful in so many ways that include the metrics. I am. The metrics are wrong about Andrew Heaney. The metrics are wrong about Heaney. He's terrible. But okay. He gives a lot of he gives a lot of 
really severely hard contact, which is going to be a major problem that's showing up in spring training. I'm with you. I, I'm as a guy who's been trying to, and you endorsed Teeny before I did during the off season. And then I started to get on board and now I'm terrified. Uh, so, I don't yeah. think I did endorse him. I think I, I mentioned that other people were endorsing him. He was the big hot sleeper okay. off season guy. Either way, no was way I was in. Okay, yeah, it but was it was either up. way it was it was raised as an important topic to discuss as okay. the whether he's the Robbie Ray, which I always thought was ridiculous. But I'm just saying we know Rosario's got skills here, and I, I'm not saying I want him, but no. he's made a very significant, important change. That yes, in the next update, I'd probably give him ten-ish, maybe fifteen spots in the starter pitching rankings. That is, the velocity has improved, the performance of the fastball is definitively better this spring. What about Mitch Keller? Mitch Keller has gone from 96 to 99 this spring. We loved him two years ago, or we talked about him positively. I'm out. He just doesn't. Luis Patino, who you have ranked like number 100. I probably have him 75. What, um, is it it all volume with Tampa Bay pitchers? Kind of, yes. And it's also that he hasn't given me any concrete reason to jump in. He's a leap of faith pick for me. All right. I think that's fair. Um, relief pitchers, I guess we'll do on Monday's memorable show. Let's bring in Kyle now for extra hash browns. Kyle, hello. How are you today? Hope you're well. Um, how's your brackets doing? <laughs> yeah, I think you just want to ask that question because Nova's still kicking. You, I think it's back to back for you. I, maybe you're the bracket analyst, not me. <laughs> I, I don't think I am. Um, I don't know how Villanova's going to do it without Justin Moore, but I will be watching and rooting. And you know what? The fact that they even made it here is so much fun. So I've already told my wife Saturday night, uh, I'm not moving from six o'clock till like eleven. <laughs> I am watching college hoops and and also the women on Friday. Can't wait. UConn, uh, Paige oh, Becker. Good was that Elite Eight? The what? UConn fantastic. Game? Oh my goodness! And, and the other one, I mean, Dawn Staley, Philly Pride. I love yeah. South Carolina's team, and uh, I will be watching that. The women's basketball college is fantastic. You know, at this level, so I will watch that as well. It's so skill oriented. Like I will grant anybody that wants to say it's a different game because it is like it's women to men. Yes, the hoop's 10 feet tall, but it's a completely different game. It is so tactically sound. It's so skilled. Like if I was teaching my child, boy or girl, how to teach, like how to play basketball, I think I'd have them sit down and watch a girl's game before anything. Is is there a breaking news here, Kyle, that you want to share with us? No. No, we will, uh, I'll keep you posted on that front. <laughs> but, uh, Not too much, I hope. Okay, what do you got? <laughs> all right, David wants to know, Tyler McGill, loves seeing him in Kings of Command for Tristan's article. He wants to know what realistic expectations are for 2022 and then looking beyond this season. I was surprised to see him there. So it's all you, Tris. What do you got? Did I put him as the write-up? I thought I had him as the first guy off the list. But you want to talk I, about I, home runs. I mean, like... That's all, 19 home runs in 89 two thirds innings. That's a lot of home runs. Um, but and he really did not go deep in the games. But you know, there's a lot of strikeouts too. So I guess you know what. Before we go any further on this, give me your take on how you evaluate starting pitchers. I mean, like, what are you looking at? What numbers are you looking at in the metrics that you see something on Haney and McGill that I don't see? What do you? What do you? Is it all strikeout rate? Is it spin rates? When you're evaluating and you're doing it for points leagues mostly. What are you seeing with starting pitchers that our listeners still can 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 glean from? Yeah, and the answer to all of those uh, <laughs> all those measures is yes. Uh, Miguel was yeah the last guy that I cut from the write up list. He did meet the qualifications. Good control, misses bats, um, 
performed pretty well with the Mets when he, you know, he was pressed into to service when he wasn't expected to. Generally, in the minors, got more grounders than not. I also look for minimizing hard contact. If you want to make a Julio Arias case, for example, who I'm going to write up not quite as favorably in the next couple of days, he does suppress hard contact, so that's big. You want to look at things like FIP, Sierra, StatCast expected ERA. I look at StatCast hard hit metrics in terms of the quality of contact. It's it's no one thing. In Heaney's case, it's I hate the hard contact metrics. I love the command numbers, the case and walks. And if he can bring down those hard contact numbers working with the Dodgers coaching staff, that's great. Maybe he won't. So far, it looks like he's not. I, you know, I shouldn't be so dismissive on some of these pitchers. I really shouldn't. But, I, you know, like I've become opinionated as I pass 29 years old. And if McGill and Heaney are good this year, then I'll admit I was wrong. I don't have shares anywhere. But um, who would you rather have of those two? Look, I've looked at the Heaney numbers and and you're right. There's something in the metrics that say if he could just stop giving up these home runs and the Dodgers are a smart organization, probably the smartest along with Tampa. That's why they're winning. He could figure it out. But then I watched him in spring training last week and, and everything was hard hit either over or through a wall. And I'm thinking you got to at some point do it. You got to perform. Yep. So I guess it's McGill because, you know, we assume there'll be opportunity there. You know, with Heaney, there may not be. Like, I'm assuming zero starts right now for uh, the player, the pitcher who we will not name, who got himself in trouble and can't stop tweeting. But even without him in the rotation for the Dodgers, I mean, Heaney's no lock to stick around. At some point, they've got right. so much depth. Gonsolin will get May back, David Price back at some point. You know, they could just throw Tyler Anderson in there for 30 decent starts. With the Dodgers, his ERA would be like four. That's all they want. They're going to score more than four runs per game. Anderson could win 15 games for the Dodgers. I should have predicted that. They have options, and they were prepared to make Heaney the long man out of the bullpen, which is kind of what he became for the Yankees later, late in last season. Uh, he is their four right now. McGill is out. He's the six for the Mets currently, assuming Taiwan Walker is considered ready for his first turn through the rotation. I think they have an off day. So it's kind of like, do you take the guy who's got the rotation spot now who's not looking so good in spring training? Or do you take the one on the team where the two guys at the front have had a little bit of an injury history? So it's a good debatable question. It's probably subconsciously a little why I wrote up Heaney instead of McGill in that Kings of Command. Like that. And the investment's going to be so low, like, I don't see a problem in taking a flyer. You really have nothing to lose there. Brandon, head-to-head categories. His bench or his league only has four bench spots. He wants to know how you handle depth. Are you a streaming guy in that kind of situation? Do you target upside? Do you want a high floor in case of an injury, something like that? How do you handle a league with a shallow bench? Well, I tend – my belief that is an ESPN standard 10-team 10, 10 leagues, roto and points – that you don't need hitters on your bench. They're so easily attainable on free agency that some of your your last three hitters on your roster might be no different than free agents that you can just pick up right now. So if Trey Mancini struggles in the first two weeks, you just drop him and pick up Darren Ruff or someone else who's not. So I usually put high-end starting pitchers on my bench. Um, I don't bother with closers on my bench. On a three-man bench, you can't afford to. So uh, I, in the mock yesterday, I think I just, pick three more starting pitchers and I'll stream through them. I really well, in have points. You do closers, right? Points is totally different in points leagues. Yeah. There is a benefit to getting relief eligible players to fill the gaps around your other pitchers. Darn right. You're, you're right on in everything else. 
I, I really don't know how to answer that question because I, I don't think there's a, a right answer. I, I like your strategy with building up arms and streaming, but I, I also feel like I'm letting the circumstances dictate those teams. And in the mock we just did, I, I forget who it was, but there's a player who I know is missing that first scoring period. So I just simply took another hitter who would replace him for that first week that I liked for the draft price. And I did that in another league of mine that I did last night. I have I had a t- actually the team I had last night is two hitters on the bench, two pitchers, just because the two hitters were circumstantial options for week one. I would keep those uh, those bench spots in a rotisserie in a categories league, um, head to head categories league, fluid. Go for high ceilings. I think that's yeah, that's a takeaway. It's you're well, you're not putting anybody on your bench that you're going to be tied to, right? Like I mean, you you need to be able to actually anybody that's on your bench. Do we do we? Discuss the elephant in the room from the mock. Sure, what do you got? The the greatest pick that ever Eric ever made. I I actually love that strategy. What's Eric that's took a, a placeholder catcher in order to deal with it later. And considering we're a week away from opening day and you have ad drops, I love that idea. Put a, who did I take, Tristan? I really can't remember how to pronounce the guy's name. Oh come on, look it up. I want to. I want to. I want to hear you pronounce his name. Oh no, <laughs> Kyle. All right, I'll try. Look it up. Uh, yeah, I can try. <laughs> I've got. Oh, uh, where is where is the draft? It's a real so, player. I know it's a real player. That's real the pool. That's the selling point. <laughs> Here we well, go. It's. I was, was going to take Kyler Murray, but then I thought no. It's Kung Huan uh, Gilgid Gilgidlejaw. <laughs> Rolls but, right off the tongue. But but. I thought this nobody would the, notice, but you know. I don't know if you wanted me to notice, but I'm I'm gonna tell you, I've done that in home drafts where the last pick is a player, I throw out the name, and people are like, why? Because I need a cut for week one. Well, I mean, I could have taken Gary Sanchez, but like I I I think why? the point the point I was trying to make is I'll just pick up, I'll stream catcher all year. That's what the point is. Yep. And I like it. I'd like that. That's a point we need to make to people. Next. Kung, Kung Khan. Wow. If if Wordle was more letters long, I would want his name in there and see how many people got it because I don't think there'd be a, a big number there. Tim Tebow's in the pool. You can draft him. That name I'm at least a little better at pronouncing. Jared has yeah. our next question. He wants to know, where does Frankie baseball, Frankie Schwindel, oh, rank cool. among first basemen like Luke Voigt and Spencer Torkelson? Where is <laughs> Eric's favorite, Eric Savant, King well, Eric? Where are you putting Frankie baseball? I, I don't want to be rude to our few loyal listeners here, but we do have rankings on the site for Roto Leagues and for Points League. So the question is easily answered if he would just click a few times and look at our rankings and he could see. <sighs> I mean, uh, what do you think of him? I mean, obviously you were hundred percent right on him last year. I love him like one of my children. I, you know, what do yeah. you mean? Like this might be the Frank Schwindel show since last August 1st. I mean, <laughs> how many times true. have we talked about maybe, Frank maybe that was the problem? Um, <laughs> you rank him 164 for Roto for points. I probably have him a little bit better for Roto, but I guess my overall point here is he's good. He's legit. He's not going to have a 330 BABIP again, like, or whatever he had last season, you know, when he beat out Christian Yelich in the final two months. But he did have the most hits in baseball from the last day of July to the end of the season. And we can't just totally discount that. But 260 with 25 home runs. Okay. You know, a lot of first basemen are going to do something like that. 
I, I just don't think there's much of a difference between Schwindel and some of these other first basemen that people are taking a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. Reese Hoskins. Look, I know track record for taking walks. He might bat second score runs. Are, are his power numbers going to look that much different than Frank Schwindel's? Trey Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, uh, Belt, France, Crone, Votto. Schwindel belongs in that group of first basemen. You're, yeah, you're, you're going to juggle a little bit either direction, the batting average and home runs between those players. But the end result, calculating those two categories are going to be in the same ballpark. I'm with you there. I just, Schwindel had a really good plate approach last year. He and, may bat second. The Cubs have him yeah. batting second in pre in, in in spring training games. And by the way, what managers are doing with their lineups in spring training is arguably the most important thing that you can glean from what you're watching here. I mean, obviously injuries, but I mean, there are guys that are tweeting out lineups, Mike Curlin and others. Like I'm telling you, yeah. like these lineups are really important. Philadelphia is absolutely leading off Schwarber. Okay. Minnesota Buxton where, yeah. you know, Houston, they're not sure yet, but it could be Pena. It could be Chaz McCormick. Schwindel's the Trevor Story second. one. Trevor How about Story? the Trevor Story thing with, with the lefty-righty thing, two versus six in the order? It's a big that, deal. That's pretty big. It's, a, it's very important. Oh, you're right. The line of things and pitch-specific uh, pitch changes by pitchers, if you can get either the metrics or reports on ads and, and changes in velocities and things like that, I'm with you. Those are the two things you really got to get from spring training. Absolutely. And there's a lot of great, a lot of great follows right now on Twitter, not just in our company, but like you can find this information, the people that are willing to work harder for it, whether it's lineups or the spin rates, there's a lot of stuff out there. I just wish, I wish they would put in the, um, the StatCast stuff in all of the spring ballparks. Cause I'd be doing all these data dives all the time. I, it drives me at the wall that it's only like 12 ballparks. Yeah. But it, you know, then they put replay in and that, that'd be worse. You know, you don't want that either. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with spring training games being the way they are. You know, you should have to work a little bit harder to glean something out of them. And you know, you might be wrong. You know, somebody having a great spring, it might mean nothing once the regular season starts. That's the thing. Like Mackenzie Gore, I had it. You're going to, you're going to think I'm an idiot. I, you already do. But like, so I'm in a, I joined a, dynasty, I joined a dynasty, dynasty league. Okay. In which I was an expansion team. And there were already 15 teams and everybody got to protect, predict, pro protect a certain number. And then I started taking their players and then they could protect three more. After the first round of selections, I thought my team ain't half bad. I actually mm -hmm. can contend the first year as an expansion mm -hmm. team. I took Nelson Cruz in round two over Mackenzie Gore in a dynasty league, which is ridiculous and wrong. But for two years, is it? I don't know. The commissioner's the guy. And he's like, really? You took Nelson Cruz? And I thought, yeah, maybe I could contend. Let's try to contend. If I finish seventh, so be it. If Mackenzie Gore's a Cy Young winner, so be it. I made my choice. How mm -hmm. dumb is it? Is it dumber, dumber than being in a 12-team keeper that has instant farm carryovers and cutting Mackenzie Gore? Because some idiot here did that. I mean, just because he had two good spring outings. <laughs> That's all me, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I know what you're getting at. But, like, Mackenzie Gore, my point here is everybody's in now on Mackenzie Gore because he looked good in two spring outings. Oh, I don't, know that, I don't know that I – Oh, every, everybody Everybody's did. in, except you and me, I guess. And he may not make the rotation. And even if he does, there's no guarantee he's going to pitch well when he has to face Darren Ruff. So the point here is, like, like spring stats only matter so much. Gore Lazardo, which what's it going to be? Come on, are we really right gonna... now? I'm not drafting either one in an ESPN standard, but in a well, deeper league, I... don't you have to take Lazardo over Gore? 
If you're trying to win now? Yeah, because Lizardo is going to be in that rotation. The Marlins have every reason to give there him every go. opportunity. They showed it over the final two months of last season, and so far he's showing he's earned it. And by the way, his final start last season was good. It's it's possible he's figured something out, but it's a long shot chance. I remember making the case for Josh Rojas last year. Josh Rojas who was tearing the cover off the ball during spring training. He wasn't that special last year. Useful, good, not that special. So let's not get carried away. He's the starting third baseman for a major league team right now. He's and he's he's a perfectly okay player, even yeah, fantasy, fine. But, but he's not great like he looked in spring training. No, but you could see a pathway to like Chris Taylor stats. I can't. You could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a perfectly good player. But you see my point about, you know, we shoot oh, the yeah? moon on these guys. Let's not get too carried away with Mackenzie Gore. I'm uh, he's caught my eye for sure. I would take Hunter Green over Mackenzie Gore right now. You have to, don't you? I think you do. But I think there's going to be a time in mid-April, and I'll just text you about it, uh, where Hunter Green gets demoted, and we're like, "That's that stinks. You know? Yeah. Because Luis Castillo's healthy. One of those guys is getting demoted. Green or Lodolo, one of them is going to get demoted. Could be both, because Mike Miner's in the rotation, too. So I I, I just you draft Hunter Green on the possibilities here, but be realistic. Yeah. Next. Last question comes from Mike. He wants to know how your pitching draft strategy changes when you move from a roto league to a weekly points league. Oh, drastically. Yeah. Drastically. I mean, obviously, relief pitchers, you want to maximize volume even more in a points league, right, Tris? And then so you're using more relief pitchers for innings. If, you know, that week Max Scherzer has only one start and it's at cores, you know, maybe you don't even start him at all for a guy who has two starts in, in pitcher parks. That happens. Right. I mean, people do the smart move is to sit your one start pitchers for two start volume guys. And in the first week of the season, aren't there going to be pitchers starting three times? I think one or two will because their teams play every day. I don't think it's likely outside of that. So, yes, and that's that's going to be a very big advantage in those weekly lock lineups. All right. So overall here, pitchers look better in our rankings in points leagues than Roto. Also because you're doing the points league rankings and they're better than mine, but also you want. That's not what it is. I'll, I'll give you there. There were 12, 500 point scores last year. You know how many were pitchers? Half. Eight of them. Yeah. Well, cause in points leagues, I mean, the wins, the strikeouts, the run prevention, it's critical. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that the scoring gets weighted. And by the way, I mean, it's not even like my home league where you get three points for a strikeout. It's one point in this and it still generates high scoring. That's Walker Miller. Walker Bueller is going to win 25 games this year, right? <laughs> you never know. It, it Stranger things have happened. A- April <laughs> and I don't Fools. mean the series. <laughs> April Fool's um, joke. Yeah. Good thing we don't have a show on April Fool's. Um, so yeah. so the, the other, as you mentioned with the weekly, is that in our game where you have daily, if pitchers are giving you these many points and you can go in and stream starters to your heart's content, imagine how much scoring you're getting an advantage from from doing that on the pitching side. Ooh. Excellent point, my friend. Uh, any final thoughts here before I wrap it all up? What other rookies do we got to pay attention to this weekend? Hmm. I like that he's not making the team, but I like the Adley Rushman positive uh, positive recovery story, that he might be about ready to start playing games before by opening day. I actually think they're going to promote him pretty soon. Like in I, a- I, I think in April he's up. Um. I just hope it goes better than the Matt Weeders thing, but I'll tell you, I'm quite confident it's going to go better than Matt Weeders. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's a special player, Adley Rushman. Uh, I just hope Baltimore yeah. does the right thing. I think, I hope O'Neill Cruz is up 
you know, if he if he needs two weeks in AAA to learn how to play left field, and then he's up in the majors. Wow, what a coincidence! I think that may happen. <laughs> you know how quick Miguel Cabrera learned left field? They brought they brought two him weeks? up like three days. No, they brought him up like three days after they moved him to left field in Double A. I think it was in Chris, Chris Bryant needed only like two weeks to learn how to like you know hit a curveball, and then he, all of a sudden he was doing it. And then the Cubs promoted him to the majors, and all was well. Oh, look at that! Well, you see, he knew two weeks how is to everything. Experience. <laughs> he knew how to in spring training, but somehow on that last day, he forgot how to hit the curveball. He needed to go down and recapture it. <laughs> uh, it is, it, it's uncanny how these things happen. That is all for fantasy focused baseball for March for Tristan and Kyle. I'm Eric. We do thank you so much for listening to fantasy focused baseball podcast. We appreciate it more than you will know to quote Jim Morrison to the doors. When the music is over, turn out the lights, please have an awesome weekend. Watch your baseball.